I uh, hope that you are ready for, this is the final sermon of the year. Oh, I know, I know. We have the year in review next, next week. It's going to be fantastic. I'm so excited about it. But we are going to end this sermon. Let me set my water down. We're going to end this, this year with what I think is probably the, the best sermon to end a, a year like this on. So I want to start off just with a question. Who is in, and this is to y'all in studio as well, who is in the Christmas spirit? Give me a a round of applause if you are. That's right. Okay. We're in the Christmas spirit here. I want to know though, if you're in the Christmas spirit, there's a moment right now you can click, hey, uh, that you're in in the Christmas spirit. If you're not, and this year it's been hard for some of us to get into the Christmas spirit, my goal is that hopefully, if you didn't get in the Christmas spirit, by the way, with Old Holy Night uh, with Michaela and Joey, that's, uh, there's not much more we can do. But I hope that this will be uh, a sermon that really begins to focus us back on what Christmas is really about. And in a year like this, presents are great, but the presence of Jesus in a year like this is, rare, is really where we want to be. And so... Last week, we started this this two-week series, and we are simply going through what's called the Magnificat, which is the song that Mary sang when she uh, was uh, informed that she was going to be uh, the mother of the Savior of the world. Now, remember, though, last week we said this was not something that would have just been, oh, of course, I'm, I'm going to be the mother of, of Jesus. It was something that she would have had to wrestle with. She was probably 13 to 15 years old, we said last week. And she, she gets this news, which is going to give a lot of social uh, pressure, a lot of social um, uh, just a lot of injustice coming her way. People are going to judge her. People are gonna, gun, going to want to cast her out. In fact, she could be facing uh, punishment from the government. She has broken a, a Jewish law by being an unwed mother. So she has this uncertainty in her life, but she also has this promise. An angel has told her that, that don't worry, God is doing something fantastic in this moment. So she has to wrestle which way she's going to go. And as we said last week, what she did was she sang a song in her moment of uncertainty. And this song wasn't just a song she made up off the top. She wasn't just freestyle rapping for us. What she was doing was she was recalling all of these these. Old Testament scriptures and promises and things that that she had stored in her heart. She had memorized the scripture and she had memorized the stories of what God had done in the past. And that gave her confidence to say, you know what? God is moving in my life right now. And so here's the, the main thing I want us to know as we go into this. Mary was able to sing because she had, had put her belief her trust in that Jesus was going to come, that God was moving in her life. It is a powerful thing when a Christian believes that God is on their side. I want to say that again. It is a powerful thing when a Christian believes that God is really on our side. You know what it reminds me of? That's right. I got some amens. It reminds me of Super Mario Brothers, right? Y'all remember in Super Mario Brothers, y'all remember the star? Now, just so by the, the magic of, of TV, look, I've got a star right here. Now, y'all remember what happens when you punch the star? Let's see if it works. Yeah, isn't that great? Okay. When you hear this music, you know if you're playing Super Mario, you know as long as you don't fall off a cliff, 
as long as you don't do something just crazy stupid, you know that you are protected because you had this invincibility star. And you know, as a Christian, whenever we know we have the promises of God behind us, we should live as if we have punched that invisibility star, as if God is on our side. That is a powerful thing. Unfortunately, maybe with uh, the way your year has gone, uh, you have more of a, uh, I don't know if I can trust God. Maybe you believe that God is kind of like Todd Connor. Now, who is Todd Connor? I'm glad you asked. Let me explain to you who Todd Connor is. Watch this video. Todd Connor. I make the impossible possible, the uncomfortable comfortable, because I know perception is reality. Pow! Do you trust me? Okay, let's do this. Are you ready? Here we go. When I say let's do it, okay, Laura, let's do it! All right, right there. I got your attention. Never trust a man with a mullet who's going to catch. Okay, that's the bottom line. Okay, but some of us, we, we think God is like Todd Connor. We think that God is going to pull the rug out from under us. We think that he's just trying to, to he's going to humiliate us and we can't fully trust him. But here's the truth. Mary was able to go in her time of need and she was able to say, you know what? God is going to be there. He is going to catch me in this moment. He is going to be there. I trust him. And that gave her the confidence to sing a song, to recall those promises. And so as we finish that, that's really where I want to draw us out. So wherever you are right now, Maybe you're, maybe you're coming through this hard year and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? I don't even know if God is, is moving anymore. The power of Christmas for you this, this year may not be in the, the sweet treats that you eat. It may not be in the presents that you find under the, pre, the tree. Instead, what I hope you find is just a call back to that first Christmas of, you know what? God has made us promises and he has not abandoned us. So I hope like Mary, even in the midst of the uncertainty, you'll be able to sing a song of confidence in God. So we're going to pick it up where we left off last week in verse 51 of chapter one of Luke. And this is what it says. It says, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud through the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those humble of humble estate. Now, here's what I want you to see out of this verse, okay? I want you to see that God times his promises perfectly. God times his promises perfectly. Now you may be saying, Joel, I don't see anything about timing in this verse, okay? But what is going on here is Mary is recalling a, another passage from the Old Testament. She's recalling Deuteronomy chapter five, probably first, verse 15. It says this, he has shown strength. Uh, it says, remember, God has brought you out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. So he has a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Throughout the Old Testament, they'll use this, frame, this, this phrase, a mighty hand and an outstretched arm to show that God is doing work, that God is moving on our behalf. And so right now, maybe you're waiting on God. In fact, if you're waiting on God, let me know in the chat. If you're waiting on God to do something, maybe you think, you know what, I, I, I trusted God for promises and I haven't seen him move in the way that I've asked. Well, see, Mary was kind of feeling that. In fact, a lot of Jewish people were feeling that. When you look at how God has moved, this in Deuteronomy chapter five, what, what is being referred to there is this promise that God pulled uh, the Hebrews out of slavery. 
And if you remember, for 400 years, they were in slavery crying out to God. And then when the moment came, at the right time, God pulled them out of slavery. But there was this time of uncertainty where generations were calling out and didn't seem to be moving, but in his perfect timing, God pulled them out. Now, similarly, Mary was in a time where it had been about 400 years before a prophet had, had divinely spoken on behalf of God. There's a 400-year gap in between uh, the prophet Malachi and the last prophets of the Old Testament and where we pick up this story. So there's 400 years where Rome has, has come in, and this is after the Seleucid Empire and several other things had happened in the region, and they had seen political turmoil, they had seen all this, and then all of a sudden Rome, com- Rome comes in and just takes over. And in this uncertainty, Mary you know, gets this promise, and, and it's at the perfect time, this 400 years. And by the way, God was moving in this 400 years, but, but he was kind of silent in the big things that they were asking him to do. They were asking him to show up and overthrow the government, asking him to, to really reveal himself. And, and, and they just didn't see it. And so Mar- Mary, when she's thinking of this promise, she thinks, you know what? God has moved after, after waiting. People have waited on God and, and seen him move before. And I'm waiting on God right now, and I'm going to see him move as well. They were beginning to doubt that he was going to show up, but just like he had done many times before, Mary said, I know if I've waited on him, he will show up. I want you to think back to to times where you have waited on God and he's shown up right at the right time. For me, I've got so many of these moments that now it gives me confidence when I remember back. One of the times I remember back when uh, I was praying that I would be able to adopt a little girl. Now, this was way back. This was before I even had, uh, I'd only had one or two sons. I didn't have my third son yet. And I was praying that God was going to let me adopt. And at the time, my wife wasn't even quite on board yet. And I just didn't see how it happened, but I prayed about him. We had our third son, and that was a kind of a, a catalyst. Erica began to say, okay, now maybe we should look at adopting Joel. You seem to be good at the boys, not, not good at making the girls. And so we said, Hey, let's go towards adoption. And then we started praying about it. And in his timing, it took what we thought was forever. But man, when it finally we got the, the news, we were going to have this, uh, this beautiful girl and she was in Ethiopia. And then we were told her we'd bring her home at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving comes and we heard nothing. And we're like, oh my gosh, we waited five years. And then they tell us, oh, she, you can go get her in Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving, nothing. We wait around and finally in uh, around February, March-ish of the next year, we finally get that call and we go. And you know what we found out? We found out that she was born on the same day that our middle son, Oliver, was born. Uh, she was born, you know, a few years later, but they had the same birthday. And that was just that timing of the way God had moved and all of that. We just thought, man, this was perfect timing. I wouldn't have chose it, but God was moving in those times. I think back to, to March for us, and we tell this story a lot because it's a part of our story of March 12th. We were, were in the, the school. We were planning for a good service, and then all of a sudden stuff shuts down, and we had just happened to, to not even yet had we signed the lease. We had moved into this studio, and we were just thinking, you know, we could use this as a studio. We had this idea that we, we could use it as a studio, but we had no plans to go full-time here. And our landlord said, you know what, with things going crazy, y'all go ahead, just move in. And we hadn't even signed the lease. We hadn't paid him a dime yet. And yet he allowed us to come in in perfect timing three days before our first online service in the studio. Sometimes it seems like it's a little close, too close for comfort, but God 
always has perfect timing. And so you can have faith in that. And that's what Mary shows us. And so think about this. We want it now. That's, what, that's how we are. We want it now. When we ask God for things, we want it now. So maybe you're praying for big life things. Maybe when will I meet, uh, you know, the perfect uh, spouse? When will I have kids? I'll tell you, it's, the timing will be right. When will I get that job that I really want and be able to move out of this job that I, I don't really want? The timing is always right. When will God move on my behalf? I don't know when, but I know he will. I know because his timing is perfect and his promises and fulfillment prove that. And it did for Mary as well. The next thing I want to show you, verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Now there are several verses in the Old Testament that Mary was drawing on. One of them directly, Psalm 107 verse 9 says this. It says, for he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. It's almost a direct quote. You see, God promises good things to the hungry. That's what I want you to hear. God promises good things to the hungry. Now, there's two ways to be hungry, right? There's that the type of hungry where you're in need. I don't have enough. And so God has promised provision for you. Maybe right now you are worried about, about making rent. Maybe you're worried about the, how this relationship or this job or whatever, and, and you're in need. God has promised that he is going to provide for you. But there's another way uh, um, to be hungry, you know, some, uh, that, or there's a, another way that we can miss out on the hungry, okay? And that is when we fill ourselves with other things. And then understand, then we're kind of like, God says the rich, he's going to send away empty. So we can actually miss out if you read, if you, if you understand the context, you can miss out on, on, on being filled by God if you fill yourself. And so he's talking about spiritual hunger. He's not just talking food, you know, but, but there's this catch in this verse. He's going to fill the hungry. And so if you want to be filled by God, if you're, God, if you're praying, God, give me peace, give me joy, give me the things I want, but you're filling yourself with other things, God is going to, to, to not fill you with him because you're already filling yourself. It's the hunger that God is going to fill he will fill you with joy. And he has a joy that supersedes anything you can actually get for yourself. But you've got to be hungry for him. You've got to, to be thirsty for him. Jesus says it this way. Um, in John chapter 7, uh, Jesus stands up and he says this. It says, he stood up and he cried out, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. Yet as the spirit had not been given, Jesus was not yet glorified. But now we live in a time where the spirit has been given to us. So we have this promise that if we will be hungry for God, he will fill us with joy. He will fill us with peace. He will fill us with his promises as long as we hunger for him. And so I want to ask you, are you hungry for God? You know, there was a time where uh, I missed out on what I, I really wanted because I, I, I filled myself off on what I didn't want. It was my first experience ever going to the Cheesecake Factory. Can I get an amen? 
I had never been to the Cheesecake Factory, and so I didn't know about this experience. And if you haven't been, this is going to be a very helpful guide for you, okay? I went to the Cheesecake Factory because I wanted cheesecake. That's why I went. They said there's a place called the Cheesecake Factory. Let's go there. And I went. I saw all these cheesecakes as I walk in. And then they sit you down, okay? And I sit down, and they hand you, you know, the Bible. But it's not the Bible. It's, it's, it's the menu. But it's a little thicker than the Bible, okay? And there are more verses in that. There are more things in that than in, in the Bible. It's, it's ridiculous, the amount of things. And I go through it, and I say, you know what? I just want a hamburger because I just want to get to the, che- to the cheesecake, And they bring me a hamburger as big as my face. And I kid you not, it was probably 25,000 calories. I could have eaten this for a month and I still would have gained weight. Now, this, I I look at this and and this is one of my flaws in life. You put a hamburger in front of me and there's no, my wife, first thing she says to me is, Joel, why don't you cut half that up? Maybe cut it into quarters and put two thirds of it away. Put three fourths of it away. I said, oh no, I'll just eat this. And I start eating and I start eating this cheese, I mean, this just cheeseburger. And I'm eating it thinking, man, I can't wait for that cheesecake. But I get, I get about a full uh, half a head, you know, of my head. And I had eaten it. And I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to finish this thing. Now, I've heard, ladies, that, uh, that men can't really know what pregnancy is like, but let me just tell you, I was pregnant with a cheeseburger, and I feel your pain, 100%. Same thing, okay? I'm sure it's the same thing. The amount of just nothing else could go in after that cheeseburger, and I looked at my wife with such disappointment of knowing that even if I do get a, a one bite of a cheesecake down, there's going to be no joy in it. You see, the truth is I had filled myself instead of going there for what I really needed, what I really wanted was a cheesecake. And so when we look at a verse like this, we've got to remember our hunger for God is a big deal. And it's, it's, it's easy to, to think, you know what, I just got to fill myself. I've got to appease myself. You know what, I've got to make this happen. And so we don't wait on God. We don't trust that God truly will fill us. But Mary, she has this time. She, she hasn't had the child yet. She doesn't know the uncertainty. She doesn't know how this is going to go. All she knows is that this, this is kind of a dicey situation. And she's able to say, you know what? God has always filled me in the past. He has filled those who have been hungry for him. Jesus would later say, hey, I will give you so much water. It will flow out of you when you trust me. But the key is we have to go to him thirsty. We have to go to him hungry. And so in this Christmas season, as we try to think about all of the things that we may be uh, getting at Christmas, or maybe how can we, how can we end this year and, and, and be okay, I would tell you the number one thing you can do is be hungry for God's joy, for God's peace, and know that this Christmas is, is really less about pres- uh, presence than any other year to me. It's about just knowing, you know what, in our time of need and times of uncertainty, God will always fill us as long as we are hungry for him. That's the promise, and his Holy Spirit will come to you, will fill you, and will give you rivers flowing out. The last thing I want you to see is this, verse 54 and 55. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of mercy. He has spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Now, the point I want you to see of this is that this is a proclamation. Jesus is God's salvation. 
Jesus is God's salvation. You may, say, you may say, how does that? That didn't even mention the name Jesus. But Mary, again, she's drawing on all these experiences from the Old Testament about how God saves. So in this, she's probably thinking about to Abraham when he had this promise that, that the, the world would be filled with his descendants. And you know what happened? God saved him. God did this. God brought him salvation by answering this promise. And then you can think to the exile when Israel is, or the Hebrews are in Egypt and they're, they're crying out to God and all they wanted was, was freedom from slavery, freedom from their, their, their struggles and God rescued them. He freed them. He answered their prayers. God was their salvation. There was a time when they were exiled into Assyria and to Babylon and, and the promise there was that God would someday return a remnant, that God would bring them back into the promised land. And you know what God did? God answered his prayer. He brought them into the place that he had promised them again. He redeemed it. He answered his prayer. God saved them. And then Mary is in this time of uncertainty where Rome has taken over and everybody is looking for a warrior king. Everybody is looking for someone to, to overcome because God had made this thing, that the, this promise that the nations would be blessed through Israel. And, and now they see Rome taking over everything. They were expecting a warrior. What they got was a child in a manger. But God God still fulfilled his promise. God is salvation. Now you may have, uh, sometimes we forget this, but Jesus' name means salvation. In fact, in, in Matthew one twenty one, when Joseph is told that what he's going to name Jesus, this is what it says. It says, she will bear a son and you will call his name Jesus for he will save the people from their sins. Do you know the promise of Christmas more than getting the, the new underwear and the new socks and all the stuff we're going to get is that you are going to have your sins forgiven. That is what Christmas is about. You may have, your heart may have been far from God as you've struggled this year. You may have wondered in your mind so many times and thought, you know what, God, as we get through this, I'm going to look back and I'm going to feel kind of ashamed of, of how I, I didn't trust you. God forgives you when you call on Jesus. Jesus is salvation. That is such an exciting thing for us to remember is that when, when it comes down to being in the Christmas spirit, it's not what we, it's not the presents under the tree. It's not the, the, all of the things, the Christmas tree, the, the snow that we never get in Texas, the, the lights on the, um, on the house that mine, I have four out that I've got to go and it becomes more of a problem than, than an actual blessing. We remember the, the Christmas spirit, what it really is about. It's about us being hungry for God, waiting and saying, God, I don't know if I can do this on my own. My own. I'm going to have to trust your timing. And then what do we find? We find that at the perfect time, he sent his son into the world so that forever those that call upon the name of Jesus will be saved and we will be saved into eternity because our sins will be forgiven. We will be clothed in the righteousness of God so that when you are not good enough, when you are not righteous, he is righteous. Amen? That is the promise of Christmas. And so whatever you're going through, Connection Point Church, whatever you are facing right now, my hope is that you will look to Friday. Friday is Christmas. Friday is the promise fulfilled. Friday is the day that you can sing about even in the midst of chaos and uncertainty and no matter what's going on in your life, you can know that God has made you promises. He has fulfilled them in the past and he will fulfill them in the future. If God said it, it will happen.
Now I want to close this uh, sermon a little different because this is the last one. And I want to invite you to do what God has done for us. God gave his son to us. That was the gift. That was the Christmas gift that God gave to us. He gave us himself so that we could have eternal life. We believe at the end of the year, when it comes to Christmas season, the best thing we can do to respond to what God has done in our life is to give to those who need to hear the gospel in their life. And so we have what we call the Christmas offering, and we are going to officially launch that, although we already have over $1,000 that have come in um, already. So thank you for those that have given. But I want to invite you to give towards our Christmas offering. And let me tell you a little bit about what that's going to go towards. It's going towards two missionaries this year. We've added a missionary partner. It's going towards, first of all, the Crouch family in Thailand we've been supporting now for a few years. But now we're adding Ethel from Peru, and Ethel is going full-time. And Ethel uh, is, uh, she's so valuable to our church, but now that God has put it on her heart, to, uh, to, to really go into the mission field in Peru full-time. She has uh, 10 house churches of ours that she's overseeing right now. She does so much work for us uh, that I'm so thrilled to be able to support her through this Christmas offering. We're also going to try to raise enough money through a 5K to support one of Hope for the Fatherless's children's home, pay their rent for an entire year. That's our base goal is just to pay rent for, uh, uh, for one of the children's homes at Hope for the Fatherless for an entire year. By the way, we've already done six months uh, from our last year. We were able to do six months. So this year, we're going to try to do a 5K. So a lot of the, the stuff you give is going to set up for this 5K so that we can really, really bless the children and the orphans in Ethiopia. We're also going to try to build a church in India so that the Solid Rock Church, which tries to reach uh, the Sikhs and the Hindus in India, that Samson Mall and the Solid Rock Church can build a building so that they can be a beacon of hope there. And then we're also looking now to have to establish some local partners. In fact, tomorrow I'm meeting with the Christian Care Center here in Wiley, and, and we're looking to have some official local partners. And this money also goes whenever somebody is in need, whether it's in our church or if they're just in our community, if they've been hit, hit hard by the economy this year, whoever is in need, we want to be able to provide for our neighbors. And that's what we're giving to when we give. This is 100% of this money is going to be given away. It's going to go to raise money and to, and to, to give away so that other people can feel the love of God and see God moving. So I want to encourage you, uh, you can go to connectionpoint.life uh, slash giving if you want to uh, give. You can also, if there might be a, a giving link right now, if you're watching this live on our, on our platform. But I just want to encourage you as you think about what God has done for you, if God has provided for you this year, if God has shown up at the perfect time for you this year, I want you to begin to think, if God has filled you in any way this year, I want you to begin to think, how could I be a blessing for someone else? How can I show the love of Christ to someone else? How can I maybe fulfill the promises of God in their life by being a part of that, just by being generous? Thank you, Connection Point Church, for being so generous. All year long, you've been generous through this entire pandemic, and our Christmas offering is going to be a great way to end this year and to remind people what is truly, truly the message of Christmas. We have a Savior that has forgiven us of our sins and has welcomed us into eternity. 
You may have had a bad year, but you're going to have a great eternity because of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for giving us promises, giving us stories of overcoming in which you showed up at the right time. You filled those who were hungry for you, and you proved that you are our salvation. It's not what we do. It's not how strong we can be. It's not how good we can be. It's not what we can achieve. It is all you. And so, Lord, as we look forward to this week, I pray that you'll give us a new sense of your peace, of your joy, of your comfort, because we know it's not about us. It is about you. You have given us a gift we could never give ourselves. So, Lord, this week, I hope you will empower us to be a blessing to others, to go through this life, not as if we are weak, not as if we can't trust you, but to trust you and and know that we are invincible. It is a powerful Christian who believes that God is for them. It's in your name we pray. Amen.